0: star trek the nerdy frontier these are the discussions of the good times society their continuing mission to explore each episode to seek out new topics and ridiculous observations to boldly watch what they've already watched before
1: someone else do the intro hello hello people in the future
0: Ooh! Wow. There, you there are. it is. This We're is us traveling. from the past—an archival footage. Right.
1: <laughs> is this going to the crew of the Enterprise? <laughs> they
0: could. They could see this. I'll tell you what. Let's see. It's start StarDate uh, 2.17.201 or 21. Uh, if this mm-hmm. makes it 400 years into the future. Um, Sorry guess... about the mines that we yeah. left. Sorry about all
1: those. of. Oh God. <laughs> Also, all the plastic we just left
0: around, too. Hopefully, you guys have cleaned
2: that up. Yeah, actually,
1: this whole planet, we just kind of bailed on. And we're on Mars now. Um, But now we're fucking up that one.
2: Oops. totally our bad like we're down to make up for it like in any way possible like we can make your dreams come true but like yeah well we our made bad. your
0: we made your uh, utopia a reality of, you know after we got ubi figured out like it happened so congratulations to you guys
1: yay yay, yay! Good message good
0: time capsule speaking
1: of utopia <laughs> what i want is a state that refuses to be on the national power grid stands alone and when that epically fails, they blame the Green New Deal that hasn't been enacted yet. Cool. In space. In space. Oh, see oh, how oh. I tied it back? I see.
2: <laughs> it's an allegory. In space is how you can tie anything to to Star Trek. It's the same in D D. You just yeah. say fantasy in front of it. <laughs> I'm Current go events. Fantasy Costco.
0: In space. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's crazy that they are ironically blaming green energy on this issue when it's like still brought about. All this whole problem is brought about by climate change, too. Right. That's the real issue.
1: Right. And uh, until their strategy of lie and blame someone else uh, stops working in every situation, why would they not do Mm -hmm. that tactic? Mm -hmm. So in space. So, yeah, in space. So, so crew of the Enterprise listening to this now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You solved that. It's
1: episode 305, the bonding. No, no, no. In space. You
0: can't just segue that way.
1: Watch us. They were pretty good to me.
0: (laughs) This episode was so much more emotional than I was expecting. And I Mm -hmm. also... (sighs) I, it was a moment, I don't know if this happened for you, Desander, where I remembered watching it as a kid because yeah. of the moment where the mom reappears. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I got,
2: oh, that was scary. Here's the thing, and a little bit into my backstory. I lost my dad when I was 15, and so all of this stuff hits really close to home. In fact, any, oh. like, parental stuff in in storylines always hit hits me pretty hard. Yeah. And I remember that I would avoid this episode. And I forgot until this. Oh re-watch. wow! And I was like, "Oh I didn't yeah, I that. I'm
1: so sorry."
2: No, it's okay. Like, it's something that you, like, we talk about in the episode. You eventually do get over, to an extent. But like, certain things just hit, and it's like, of course, "Oh, this, yeah." The relation to Wesley, okay. the relation to you know the little boy too. I'm gonna
1: cry in our recording. No, not- <laughs> right in the episode, I finished my makeup, and I was like, "This stupid episode." We <laughs> hate it. Two in a row that really are, really are good just Star so Trek, beautifully done. Mm-hmm.
0: And, well, they tie all their threads together so nicely into the same theme. Yeah.
1: The resolution scene is fantastic. Can you reread us the synopsis of the episode?
0: Absolutely I can. Worf fosters the child of a slain subordinate who is having trouble accepting his mother's death, especially when she mysteriously reappears.
2: Ba, ba, ba. Okay,
1: well I know they have to use minimal words, but that's a little misleading. Warp sure. um is pitching this whole idea of a rustai. Yeah. Which sounds like a rumsfriga. <laughs> for the whole episode, but he doesn't it, it's part of the conclusion of the episode that he actually offers that to the kid hmm. who is a beautiful child actor. The by eyes the way. just Aster,
2: large dinner plates. Yeah. Dinner
1: plate eyeballs.
0: This child actor uh, is played by Gabriel Damon. I don't know if, oh man, this kid had a bunch of great roles in the 80s and 90s, and he kind of retired from acting after he grew up. He now is now a real estate agent. But okay, uh, yeah. do you want to know um, one of the other... Cr- I'm
1: sorry. What? I just looked up his IMDb. Is he like a football player here?
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> Hello, I don't know. Hello,
1: handsome. Well, yeah, he's got those
0: piercing <laughs> eyes. But here's the thing. He also played the voice of Littlefoot, in the Land Before Time.
2: Oh, no way. No. Another
0: role where this kid has a very tragic death of his mother early on in the episode yeah. and has to like survive Yeah, I and mean, is haunted by her ghost in he both of these things. He doesn't
1: work again after that. That's like Royalty City, baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's also in Newsies. Yeah, he is oh, in Newsies. That's whoa. true.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. whoa. Just hit after hit. Robocop two. He's in a an number of things. Got in the industry. Boom, boom, boom. Then got out and is in real estate. That's the <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> we begin with an away mission, which we actually don't really
0: see. We are monitoring it from uh, on board the Enterprise. There's an archaeological expedition to mm-hmm. a seemingly dead planet of
1: Koinonians.
0: Thank you, Koinonians. Mm-hmm. A long dead civilization that apparently wiped themselves out through war. We get that. We get that, that happens. Working but, on it. Uh, very suddenly, something goes wrong. There's an explosion. Troy tries to warn the uh, command team to get them out of there, but it's too late. They transport back to directly to sickbay sick and Lieutenant Marla- sick
1: boy Bay, I like. <laughs> <Yeah>. Marla Aster. <laughs> That's Astor. where the sick
0: boys go. L- yes, Lieutenant sick Marla Bay. Aster is dead on arrival. Mm-hmm.
1: After an awkward pause where they have cannot move for the whole transportation sequence uh and then yeah. hand down to dead woman
2: that's how the ship's it works
1: archaeologist who never got a line uh, but she well, was an important member of starfleet she, at that
0: point she gets a lot of lines later but yeah. yeah she doesn't get any living lines
1: yeah well you know that was just an energy being impersonating her uh, right <laughs>
0: that's a different actor
1: hey, do you think the Koinonians destroyed themselves by refusing to join the power grid of uh the rest of their planet and by then the getting into a species. civil war after that
0: mm-hmm. yeah not having communal energy issues especially when, when they're you're made of energy, energy. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah
1: space
2: in space <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, I feel like we're really exploring mortality this season, especially with the last this last episode and then this one. We really see like Starfleet personnel named personnel die. Which we, you know, we kind of had that before where it's like, oh, Dex 34, there was like two casualties or Tasha Yar. It was either like a number or a beloved character. Mm -hmm. And this we're seeing like, oh, no, there are real people with real families that have different situations that are on this and put their lives on the line for the sake of discovery.
1: Perhaps it is because that is the one barrier we'll never be able to avoid. We can definitely extend life, as Picard says in the Mm -hmm. last episode, and as this, uh, uh, life explained video i watched on netflix explains like we have the technology to extend life now but but we don't have the any way to extend it forever and
0: we Mm. never will what do you mean by extend life now
1: oh my gosh there's all this research being done into what causes aging in our cells and what we could do to change ourselves to ourselves to um like regenerate you know, basically getting baby blood infusions. Um, <laughs> which, if I could choose one baby, oh it would be Jeremy don't Astor. Don't. <laughs> it,
0: it's so it's so tough because you're going on such a great scientific thread about such a great advancement, and then you just veer into this madness.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I'll send you that episode. Uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting, and it talks about. Um, yet it interviews the researchers that are doing this work and then having them explain the morality aspect of it, mm. which is now that we know that this is possible, that we could kind of like rejuvenate our own selves and extend life by another 50 years, why would we want to?
2: Right. What is the and quality of life? What Exactly. Would be... mm-hmm. And that's kind of what we get into in the episode of like, Yes, you can have all of your wishes granted uh, right now, but then what do you do with that? What was? What does that afford you in the future? Grow yes, up you... to
1: be the ultimate mama's boy. You could. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, just you there are a lot of and higikomori. your ghost
1: uh, mom on this planet forever. <laughs> yeah,
0: but it sounds like this whole energy civilization would just like cater him the whole time because they felt so bad about what happened.
1: Oh you and want a friend? So we bad. made you one. Yeah. Um this we one doesn't have a friends. face cuz we ran out of like we we don't know that many human faces so we just <laughs> left it off. It's just blank. Just eye cavities.
2: Maybe he's into it.
0: Like sequentially here Marla uh Aster is is dead and we have to go notify her next of kin who's Jeremy Aster uh her only son that is on board. Uh he has his father died earlier from a a virus I believe.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh right. uh the Rushton Rus- infection
0: the Rushton infection of course thank you of course and, <laughs> as you do but he
1: he's all alone now sir yeah <laughs> Tough and like kid.
0: real notably there's no one like assigned t- to poor jeremy to like kind of help him out like i know troy goes there to talk to him a lot but like for the most part it's kind of like on a volunteer basis to go Hang out with this kid who's like spending most of his time in his quarters looking at old videos of his parents, which is like, mm. this is super traumatizing. This episode. Which he's the yeah. same
1: age in those videos, so he lost <laughs> yeah. both his parents in a short span, and Oof. his cat still wow. on Earth.
0: Well, yeah.
2: but we don't see the cat. What happened? Oh, the cat's still on Earth. Okay, this cat's still on Earth. Great.
1: <laughs> they couldn't bring <laughs> yeah, the those cat. Are the Earth videos.
2: They could have brought the cat, but I bet there was a whole registration process that you you've got go to make it hairless with that life form. to bring it on yeah. the Enterprise. One of the yeah.
1: many
0: faults of Federation uh, bureaucracies, they still haven't figured out how to get cats on the Starship efficiently.
2: No, it's well, too we do. <laughs> you will get it later, but. It's, yes, it, that's true, we will. For Data. So.
1: <laughs> <gasps> Spoilers! Data gets a
2: kitty? Maybe, potentially, who knows? It's a lot of red tape.
1: <gasps> oh, goodness. Well. What I noticed in my my notes is that everybody's got a conundrum this episode. Picard's got a conundrum. Should you mm. even bring children on a starship? And then many other things he's got to deal with as the person that conveys news of death. Data's conundrum. Why why is some people's death more impactful than others? Uh, just because you know them better. Uh, Worf's conundrum. Orphan to orphan stuff. Uh, Wesley's
2: conundrum. Wesley's. Huge.
1: Wesley. Has a big old one. I don't want to talk about it. I don't know what to say to a kid who's experiencing this horrible shit that I also experienced.
2: I don't want to bring that up in me. You know, it's protecting himself, too. But I did want to bring up that I wrote in my notes, like, finally, they gave us a reason for Picard to dislike kids. Like before it was just a character trait. He's a grumpy old man that doesn't like kids. Now we're fleshing that out. Oh, he's acting out because he doesn't believe that children should be on a starship. So it's his like parental instinct that leads him to dislike these kids.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, like to your uh, credit, Becca, for pointing out all the things that the conundrums like th- that are occurring for so many characters, I again think that's another staple of the new season of writing here is they make mm. every scene important in some way and every character's uh, contribution to the plot somewhat important like Riker kind of takes a backseat in this one for instance and so does Geordie. they're a little bit more procedural which is fine we don't need more of them right now but mm-hmm. like everybody that is involved has something important that ties into the theme and that wasn't always true for previous episodes so they're doing a really great job of bringing it all together again
1: yeah Riker also has mommy stuff which you see him react <laughs> to mm-hmm. um, yeah, but true. I'm glad because we've got enough characters that tie into this plot and I thought mm-hmm. that it was yeah, to your point, they're they're thinking about the words they're writing.
2: <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, also, there's this definite shift to an ensemble feeling. It's not a Picard or Riker story, which previously it had all been. It's either Picard or Riker. And there were some standout episodes every now and again. But this season, they're really focusing on, like, everybody has a story. And they're all part of this together.
1: And, yeah, finding their footing. Can we talk about the children on a starship mm. and what we think? Um, because Picard says it's irresponsible. We're, we're, you know, our entire ship is going to have to engage with Romulans or go to a neutral zone. And that's putting the entire ship at risk. And those children did not choose that, which is it's,
2: intense. It's interesting because I can't help but draw a parallel to this being the space version of maybe what was happening in the 90s of a lot of like single mothers entering the workforce. Um, at, at like, a greater pace than before. We came from, like, these decades of, like, the housewife uh, that that was, like, the role. And the 90s, I feel like, was really epitomizing women going into the workforce and bringing with that, um, like, the question, do we bring kids? Like, is it irresponsible for me to be working? And the answer is, like, no, you deserve a life just as much as anybody else. And it should be multiple people's responsibility to raise a child.
1: Interesting. I think of the 70s as that. Sure. But I think of, I was recently listening to something that is like, well, there's this new proposal about just giving $250 a month uh, for every child in a family. Um, and we basically did that from World mm. War II on until Reagan was like, oh, welfare queens, code for, sure. yes, but this money is going to black people. Sure. So we should do away with this benefit. Mm. Um
2: that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, it was totally normal for like, well, we should give people money to help raise their children mm. in space. In <laughs> well, space. the thing is like, yeah, it's space, right? So this is <laughs> th-
0: the complicated thing about the Starship is it's not a war vessel in its mission like, but it right. does engage in plenty of uh, battles and warlike situations. And if war happens, they're going to be on the front line. So yeah, I feel like I get Picard's issue with it because of the danger that the kids did not ask for, but the parents signed them up for because they're their guardians and that's how that works no matter what. Like,
1: Yeah, but if you were born in Afghanistan, <laughs> you know, well, yes, that's true. a war-torn nation, it's not like, well, that child didn't ask to be born in a war-torn nation. Like, this is that's just true. your lot in life. You're born here. And this is what your parent where your parents live, so that's where you live.
0: But these kids weren't necessarily all born on a starship necessarily. And like, for instance, like uh Katie, uh, my wife was uh My wife. My wife. <laughs> 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 was uh <laughs> Her father worked overseas at a lot of third-world countries, and they were in Kosovo uh, during the mm. early 90s. And he brought his family there, and, like, she tells me the stories like the tanks rolling through the streets and stuff like that. And, like, she was definitely
1: taken from that. her home
0: that's and had crazy. to live in that time. So, like, that was part wow. of – that's the same situation, right? Like, I don't think she was ever in much danger because of what was going on there at the time. But there was, there was definitely, like, she heard battles not far from her house. But, like, wow. that kind of that kind of thing still exists today. So it's, like, uh, it's it's not – it's not out of the realm of possibility it's just in space
2: sure well and then going further than that if we really do take it in this world uh like there the economy it doesn't really exist it's all based off of what you love to do you're trying to find your passion and if we take it from her perspective of this like uh, best in her field archaeologist to get offered a position on this flagship. Uh, for the Star for Starfleet, why wouldn't you take it? This is the height of your career. It's an exploration vessel. It's the safest it could be. It's, there, there are other families that are coming aboard. This seems like a dream opportunity for this archaeologist. So I could see, why you would hesitate like yes it's dangerous to let's say bring a family on a submarine if we had better submarine technology you're surrounded (laughs) in an environment that could kill you constantly there's an inherent danger of traveling to the bottom of the ocean but if you're this scientist that studies things at the bottom of the ocean and you could bring your family along with you in this like luxury cruise submarine i wouldn't see why you wouldn't do that
1: right and if the option is to live without your parent yeah. yeah, that's Choose the thing. With I'm, I'm curious. Can you answer for Katie? Would she trade those experiences in for a more normal normal life? I can't mm. answer
0: for Katie, no, mm. unfortunately. Okay, well. That's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, also, like, you know, your experiences define you. So, like, who knows? Like, you, mm. you can't – the routes that we take don't always – we can't always predict where they'll lead us.
1: Well, that's where Troy and Picard leave it in the <laughs> turbo lift and they resume, mm,
0: resume. Uh,
1: heading down. But yeah, they don't really come to, to, check to a conclusion, the
0: do they? Like, they, he just no. kind of he gets frustrated with the situation. He's like, but I do have to do this. This is my duty. And God, what yeah. a hard duty it is. He has to go tell a kid his mom died. And we see the scene. I was like, mm. are they going to skip forward to after it's already been done? But no, he flat out tells him. And the kid, great acting, by the way, has yeah, to react. Yeah, it's to a this. good scene. hmm. He didn't like break down or anything, but he was, he acted shocked, which was great. Yeah. Quite
1: the opposite, which is Troy's whole thing. The whole episode is like, this kid is acting way too brave. He needs to really confront his emotion. And yeah. in a way that is going to help him process.
0: But he can't do it. And then we it, get right?
1: a little scene with Data and Riker. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, right
0: at the top of act two there. Uh, Did we you get know Data's exploration. Well? Yeah, and like is, does familiarity make it worse? And I mean, yeah, data.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love this setup. Uh, this was good. Da- yeah, data asked Riker, "Did you know her well?" And then Riker answered, "Not that well." Actually, it kind of seemed like Riker had hooked up with her. Like, oh, oh. I- I'm sorry. Let me look up the widow directory on the ship yeah, and that be uh, anyone, just knock though. on their doors. No. Yeah, Riker, yeah. we you know, know what you're up to. <laughs> you know what Riker's up to. Uh, just providing relief for. Um, you know, Everyone. certain passengers. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Data, Data is asked the question in return. And he's like, why do you even ask that? He's like, because you yeah. just asked me. What do you mean, why do I ask yeah, that? Yeah. No, I was testing a theory, trying to figure out why people ask this question. Why should it matter whether you know the person well or not to actually care about their death? And it, Data answers his own question, which is um, it's a stronger feeling of absence. As he felt for Tasha Yar. They
2: were a bigger part in your life, so when they're gone, that's a greater whole, right? It was a cool exploration in that because it is something that we kind of take for granted in in our society of something that we do to each other, like, oh, did you know them well? Or I'm sorry for your loss or something like that. It's these rituals that are ingrained into us and to have a character like Data to be like, why do you do that? It's a cool little step back and be like, why do we do that?
1: Yeah, I think that there is a necessity to distance yourself uh, and not have total empathy for everything because then... You would be only feeling pain all the time for all the right. people dying and suffering on the planet constantly. But at the same time, only having empathy for those that you can relate to or are around you is what causes wars. <laughs> I like that
2: they kept they kept that open-ended because it was just like, we are exploring this. There's no right answer. You should care about everybody just as deeply. But can you... It's an open. But if you were to care for
0: everybody as deeply, perhaps we wouldn't have those wars, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So there's all the questions um, brought out about by the scenario of the death, and then there's also like the logistical kind of the beeline story of the explosives themselves on the planet, which will tie in kind of. Uh, And Jordy goes down and finds these other explosives that looks like somebody just like dug up and left for the Enterprise to find after letting one of them explode. That wasn't really explained in the episode. No, I didn't Why quite did get happen.
0: what they were getting at there because from what the energy being tells us later is that this civilization like civil, like had a civil war and killed themselves while well, her energy uh, civilization just watched and didn't interfere and they regretted that, right?
1: Yeah, what we learned, which we haven't explicitly said here is there, there were actually two civilizations living Simultaneously. And we're still here, us energy blobs.
2: Yeah. So the way that I interpret that to be, uh, they didn't need to worry about the minds because they were made of energy. But as soon as beings that were made of matter again came to their planet, they're like, oh, we have to, oops, we left those. Good
1: point. They didn't affect Mm -hmm. us.
2: The other one that I was thinking was maybe... While the episode was going, I was like, did Worf sneak down and, like, disarm them or something when nobody was looking? <laughs> like, that. But I was like, they can't detect them with a tricorder, so it only could be, be the energy beings. Right. Okay, that or makes rather, sense. Or rather,
1: they didn't know that they were looking for something that couldn't be—they could probably detect them because right. Geordi goes back down, and Data was able to identify, like, oh, this is this kind of reading— yeah right output
0: but this is all i mean this is barely even a b plot so much as like like information to get us to what has happened to this energy being so right
1: thought we'd mention it also i don't like putting jordy in danger by sending him down to the planet with (laughs) a bunch of buried explosives (laughs) just saying
0: (laughs) at least they know to be careful i guess but (laughs) uh so like before before marla astra appears once again we get (laughs) that careful
1: no dying this time
0: (laughs) We get that scene with Wesley and Crusher where he uh, asks her, like, what he's supposed to be doing. And she's like, well, you know, which I love what she says, which is we had each other during that moment. Mm. He doesn't have anyone, which, again, like, just reminds me this poor kid, like, no one's assigned to help him out. It's just like the matter of who's willing to go talk to him and identify with him.
1: Right. He needs like a temporary guardian to be appointed
0: but he doesn't get it so we have to rely on these other people. So thankfully Worf kind of kind of becomes that over the course of the mm. episode and uh Wesley never gets it until the very end I guess. Right. But Troy's there and Picard well, tries as well.
2: I think this is the real like sort of plot vehicle that we have for this. It's to reintroduce the audience to Beverly Crusher and what their her relationship is. Oh, like she was married to Jack Crusher something happened. He died. While Picard was leading the mission, this is a way to get all of that information back into our heads without explicitly like rehashing the same plot over and over. Well, it sets up Wesley's like
0: also big reveal in the end a little bit, like yeah. as if this as if this script didn't have like enough conundrums. As Becca mentioned, it's like oh, right. we're also gonna throw in that he was angry at Picard for a long time, and like yeah. what a great like revelation it so g- was. It's goosebumps. like oh yeah, more more
1: drama, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> And so true. I mean, I think they're obviously pulling from a lot of real-life grief experiences. And Mm. Worf also uses anger to hide uh, other feelings. I mean, anger is always hiding other feelings. Mm. And um, Worf, uh, Troy is the one that gets it out of Worf. That, like, he's he's furious that he can't seek revenge on an enemy that's turned to dust. But really, he feels his responsibility because he was in command of the mission when Marla Singer... Her name is Marla S- Aster. Aster. Her name is Marla Aster. Mar- I was going to uh, say, Marla uh,
0: Singer, That is that Fight Club or something? What is that? <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Her name is Marla Aster. <laughs> <laughs> <clears> throat> um, throat> um, yeah. And so Worf is like, how about I just adopt him? Right, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, uh, back to Wesley. So we're getting to this scene where everything converges at once because Marla Aster's holographic Visage? projection yeah. um, using the ship's energy and then later using the planet's energy projects this other version of her which I mean naturally we all are like uh oh it's trying to steal the boy and take him to the planet and it's nefarious in its purposes and it's gonna harvest his organs not his cute <laughs> little baby <laughs> organs those <laughs> eyes but he has such <laughs> cute organs <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but then We find out as she keeps trying to escape with the boy that it's because the energy beings on the planet do not want matter beings to continue to suffer as they saw the other species that was originally on this planet tear themselves apart
0: right and they feel guilty about uh, their inaction from the civil war that happened from the material beings that they fought with each other you know like if your goal is to uh, not have people suffer then don't come creeping up on them from the side uh, way at the distance and go
1: Jeremy <laughs> <laughs> because
0: dear lord that was like six sense level scary this poor Kinda. kid is already traumatized and then yeah. right
1: I, I titled that section Jeremy sees dead people <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Holy cow. Well, that's what I like about her is like, she's constantly just very kind and like, she's not, she's not really antagonistic. She's perplexed. She's like, why are you resisting me? I'm only trying to care for this person. And that's like the innocent energy being that doesn't understand that it's generosity is being rebuffed or, and why that is.
1: Mm. Right. And then we come to Jeremy's conundrum. So many conundry. (laughs)
2: Yeah. where
1: if you just lost your mother and then she showed up but mm -hmm. you're told that she's not real but she's saying come with me i love you i'm gonna take care of you what the fuck are you supposed to do yeah
2: yeah for sure there's there's a really interesting exploration here because in in my personal experience when you've lost somebody that is close to you you tend to sort of spot them out in the wild like in random moments like you'll just get a a fleeting uh, glimpse and be like, is that no? And then you like get grounded back into the reality of like, no, they're gone. And so like, it's always this wish fulfillment of like, if only I had that last conversation or if only that was the person and they've been hiding from me for some reason. You know what I mean? Like there's this weird mental gymnastics that they actually go into. uh, And Troy does some great psychology techniques where she sits down and rationally goes out. This person wants you to go back to your plan- this planet. Would your real mother want that? No. Okay. Therefore, this is not your real mother. Like, those tactics to ground someone and bring them back from this state of supreme grief. It's yeah. really interesting. She doesn't – like,
0: Troy Wisely doesn't fight the thing too much or, like, contradict yeah. it. She just states what she knows as fact. I think there's a really great line where Marla says uh, – where she's trying to convince him, and he's almost convinced, and she says, I will – I will never leave you. you. I will never leave you. And Troy says, I'll never lie to you. Yes. And that's it's like what it is. you know, she's right she before
1: mi- she's about to disappear, <laughs> <laughs> Troy yeah. knows by getting the message yeah. from Picard. Yeah, that's
0: such a great that's great timing. That's great timing for Right.
2: Sure. Total and we get to see Troy being a counselor in how she handles the different scenarios. Troy talking to Picard is different than Troy talking to Worf is different than Troy talking to Wesley, which yes. is just so good.
1: And then we get um, Picard talking to Troy about her experience of her position. Yeah. I mean, this I love that this episode dives so deep into each character's psychology.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: she says that experiencing this grief with people is difficult, but it's rewarding because I know when they experience joy again that I have oh, done my job well.
2: What a good line.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And getting to see them experience that joy is so rewarding. Yeah. I said I was gonna cry all over recording. <laughs> I meant it.
2: But we essentially see, you know, these different scenarios. Grief is all about being reminded of something in the past. And we see that with the crushers. We see that with Picard even reliving some things in his past. We see that with this energy being having that same grief over something that had happened to the matter being, you know, however long ago. And we see the different ways that you can deal with it. Looking at Worf, turning to ritual and uh, familiarity, looking to these energy beings who dove into the repentance and the sadness. You see what the outcome would be if he were to live in this fantasy world. He would become just like them, Uh, not living out their potential, but potentially uh, just uh repenting forever well yeah there's a
0: finality to the rituals that wharf and i guess also humans have with their Mm. grief process right which the energy beings it sounds like they're plagued by their their uh
2: guilt exactly happened that's the emblem of you need to you do need to address it feel the feelings and then move forward
1: we get another great mortality speech from picard and as he explains to the energy why it's all part of the life cycle, it's part of our mortality, it's part of our humanity, all while having a hand very subtly on the boy's shoulder, which was just such a sweet way of saying, this fucking sucks, mm. and here's why you have to let it suck. You can't have joy without pain. Right. And uh, and also sort of giving this uh, energy being a reality check of like, um. Actually, parenting is a lot harder than you think. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to manifest friends. You're gonna right. have to manifest a, a wifey, or you know, like whatever, that. whatever he grows right. up to desire, <laughs> uh, or whoever. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> he needs three and, square meals a day. He needs right? to for the yeah. bus. A lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And um, I really like the line that you're inviting him to live in a memory, and a memory is to be cherished, not to be lived in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean Picard Uh, says beautiful things like that, and he also is just straight with Jeremy too. Like when mm -hmm. he first introduces himself to Jeremy uh, in the hallway when he lowers the force field. This is scary. Yeah, the first thing is he's like, "Hi, uh, good. How are you? This is really frightening, isn't it?" (laughs) Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just straight leveling with him. Like, hey, I'm a, I'm with you on this, buddy. I, I get that this is overwhelming.
2: This is the same Picard that we saw leveling with the person, the leader fr- that he brought up to show uh, space, you know, from the planet that was just developing and mm-hmm. didn't even know the concept that worshipped the Picard. It, this is another example of him showing by example, uh, like, he was having this conversation between Wesley and Jeremy, not for their benefit. It was for the energy being's benefit to show what can happen. And you can see this resolution happening within the actress's face uh, that I think you don't often get in television writing. So often it's, we got to spell it out for the audience so they really get it. And here we have another example of this show rather than tell, which I think is fantastic. And also like,
0: How many freaking people can you have learning lessons in an episode? Like, they broke a great record. They're like, it's amazing. Like, they have, like, you could have alone just Jeremy going through this and them making every effort to make him comfortable during this crazy situation and have the ghosts be more antagonistic with how they are Mm -hmm. treating them and put force fields up and, you know, fight the security officers. But, like, this is a way better option is that it's generally quite nice. And we also need to, uh, we also need to get, get it through its grief.
2: Yeah
1: oh yeah so then we see as you mentioned before wesley admits that he blamed picard for a long time for his father's great acting yeah because picard was not only the one that gave him the news but the one that was there and made it back alive And picard gets a lesson from that too he didn't know that yeah he didn't know and then uh (laughs) troy says wow i see a parallel here jeremy
2: (laughs) This one I didn't quite like because she was like... It's well a little see, like forcing one one. conflict. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: Jeremy, you must be very angry with Worf because he lived and your mother died. And Can we dime. all blame Worf for a sec?
2: Yeah, I am. <laughs>
1: yeah, but he needed to express his anger and, you know... I. Uh, well, she's still, part part of part of grief is anger. Yeah, as We've yeah. explored in this she, episode, still, and so he's got to get it out somewhere. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: she's so concerned that he's not getting through the grief process, and this this ghost experience is definitely not helping. Not helping. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, in <laughs> fact, it's reversing the process, right? So, yeah. she's I guess shoving him through a crash course of grief. Is like, okay, let's do anger now, <laughs> real
1: fast.
2: <laughs> we got to get right? to acceptance now. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and you know Worf Worf comes in and says I get it dude uh, my parents died and we could rush die and everyone was like not too soon Worf not too soon right but he asks just pulls out the knife right
0: there (laughs) yeah
1: I love that um, he doesn't try and be a parent he says yes we will join our families and we will be brothers yes and it's so sweet and then they do this candle ceremony and then he gives them a shiny foil pageant sash
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's true the the episode ends with Worf saying so ski bad luck soul um which means in klingon we will i'm honoring the memory of our mothers and then the kid repeats it which is Mm. such like a a sweet you know Worf was raised by humans after becoming an orphan and it's coming full circle where jeremy astor is being raised or helped um Helped into adulthood by a Klingon that uh, is repaying that.
2: We've visited something like this previously, but like how we know that Wesley is this foil for the younger viewers of the audience. Like a foil sash? Yeah, like a foil sash. What do do you Uh, mean foil? Oh, sorry. So what I mean by that is like he's like the representative for like the young audience to see themselves in the story. Okay. And I and I feel like with Wesley moving up in the ranks, he he's kind of lost a little bit of this. So this is that wish fulfillment coming through. Imagine if you were a young kid that has gone through this grief experience, you can like turn to this piece of media, and they've crafted it so lovingly that in the end, you could see like getting that sash from Worf and being uh, like part of that family and getting included in the Enterprise. It becomes this. It becomes a place that you want to go to and you want to be a part of. And I think that's really exemplified here. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, why would this kid want to go live on Earth with his aunt and uncle? He's on a starship. (laughs) He had to pay the price, so let him still live in space. Also, I looked up um, what a narrative foil is, and I always thought it was kind of an antagonist, but it's not. It is a character or like a thing that contrasts with the protagonist to highlight some aspect of it. Gotcha.
0: Oh, interesting. It's a contrast as opposed to you an were using antagonistic it, right? yeah. force, you exactly.
1: mean? Mm, exactly. Yeah. Interesting. We learned so many things in yeah. space today.
0: <laughs> yeah, in <it's>, the <it's> space. <laughs> Xander, when you say you avoid this episode because of, you know, the loss of a parent and your experiences with that, too. And I'm sorry, I should have actually, I guess, maybe notified you before this. Oh, like, no, no,
2: that's not yeah. your responsibility. No, no, I know. Totally but like fine. still,
0: uh, how did it feel watching that? Like, do you remember avoiding it when you were a kid?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think I would specifically avoid it as a kid because when I would watch it, it would be like something that was on TV. And so it was just something that would happen. Yeah. But with the ability of like streaming and watching through the whole series or whatever there, there are a few where I'm like, if I'm going to star Trek, this is not exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm going for. Mm -hmm. And it might put me in a mood that I don't want to be in at the time. The, one of the best examples recently was uh, the movie onward, Uh, fantastic, beautiful movie hit way, way, way too close to home for me because, you know, fantasy star Trek, D and D, those are the kinds of things I shared with my dad. Uh, And so it's a, I love that movie. It's beautiful. I can't watch it. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's a little bit sad to me too, but it just puts me in a headspace that I don't necessarily want to be in. Um but it's something that I can manage. Yeah. And I just need to know and the only way that I can know is to experience either watching the episode or the movie or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, thank you for watching it for us with us uh yeah. even though it is a, a difficult subject matter,
0: and it's a it's a great exploration of the subject matter too. And I totally understand yeah. why you don't want to have to explore that all the time. <laughs> That's for sure.
2: Totally, and you know, it's a feeling that gets uh, echoed in the episode with what Wesley has to deal with. You know, it's I I don't often get to talk about it, and it's something that doesn't get brought up in like friends situations. And it was you know so long ago that it doesn't get brought up with family situations. So it's nice to be able to, to sort of You know hash out some feelings and and that's that
1: yeah i mean podcasting is really about therapy therapy for us it is it is um yeah we have we have uh my best friend her father is in the not fun stages not that there are any fun ones of alzheimer's and so there's a lot of media that is off limits anything that involves caretakeriness right uh is is a no-no even things like the disney movie soul it's like i'm not gonna watch that thank you (laughs) i can't go there
2: (laughs) there are benefits to recognizing those boundaries and as time goes on you get better too and so while that might be the case now that's not permanently the case forever it's something that you just constantly have to re-examine and sometimes you do want to go there sometimes you do have to let it out yeah Well, I'm glad we could could all go
0: there together because this was a really enlightening episode. I thought uh, it was a great representation of all the conundrums they wanted to solve Mm -hmm. and address. Uh, Next week, we'll have a new conundrum with Booby Trap. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's
0: right, our favorite title so far. While investigating (laughs) an alien derelict ship, the Enterprise gets caught in the same energy trap which doomed the vessel a millennium ago.
1: Ooh. It's a oh, Chinese nice. finger trap. for okay. whatever date I had. Um, <laughs> the FYI, beginning. the plural of conundrum is conundra. Oh, Ooh.
0: good to know. conundra's a good character name for- That is a good food. character name. Oh my gosh, stop,
1: stop. Ooh. I want it. I, can I have want it. it. <laughs> you can
0: have it. Please welcome <laughs> to the stage, conundra. conundra. Uh,
2: <laughs> Let's say conundra oh on our God. way out today, right? Uh-huh. Con- conundra. Conundra.